Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of the First Congregational Church in Norwood, Massachusetts, with the Reverend Michelle Bagby Allen. FCC Norwood is a caring and inclusive faith community affiliated with the United Church of Christ. We are proud to be an open and affirming congregation and welcoming, inclusive, supportive, and engaged with mental health in our community. Today is Sunday, December 10th, 2023. Our worship leader for today is Matt Lane. A reading from the book of Luke. After those days, his wife, Elizabeth, conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Amen. Let us pray together. O loving God, thank you for these words from Scripture. Open now our hearts and minds and spirits that we might reflect together upon it and receive from you a gift of your spirit. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Loneliness, helplessness, and hopelessness, these are the killers of joy the bringers of weariness, and interestingly, significant markers 
when it comes to our health. When we are isolated, we are less healthy. When we cannot see a way out, we do not thrive. When we feel as though there is nothing we can do to make a difference, we struggle in the deepest ways in our spirits. Now church, faith, these are places where we can find relief from loneliness, helplessness, and hopelessness. While this is not guaranteed, research consistently finds that people who are religious or engaged in spiritual practices tend to be healthier in almost every way, body, mind, and spirit. Read an article, um, kind of a book review, if you will, from a book called How God Becomes Real, Kindling the Presence of Invisible Others, where um, Stanford University News wrote this, Research has repeatedly shown that people of faith report feeling better and healthier. One of the most striking findings in so social, oh, ep, epid, I don't know how to say this word, epidemiology? Epidemiology, thank you. It's one of those words that you read but don't say out loud very often. Um, so it's one of the most striking findings in epidemiology that religious involvement with God is better for your body in terms of immune function and reducing loneliness. Hmm. This happens because of our connection to God, and if we are fortunate enough to participate regularly in a healthy faith community, there are opportunities also to improve our physical and mental health. Now, some have said that this happens because of the religious requirements. Many religions have dietary restrictions, for instance, that encourage healthy living, whether it be eating kosher in Jewish communities or eating vegetarian in Hindu or Seventh-day Adventist communities, or simply trying to live moderately as it relates to substances like nicotine and alcohol. These rules and requirements can make a difference, and believing that our bodies and spirits are made by a loving creator and that when our bodies are cared for, we can connect more meaningfully and spiritually with God, this can make a difference in our lives. Others note that when we engage in prayer or meditation, something happens within us, even in our brain chemistry. We feel more connected to the divine, more at peace, more present to ourselves and others. And this has the fantastic side effects, folks, just in case you were wondering, of lowering our blood pressure, reducing our stress, key impactors of many mental and physical health problems. Did you know that you are becoming healthier just by showing up today? Good for you. The research in this is ongoing, but the results when they come out from researchers now and again often point to how good it is for us to be here. Whether it's in this room, even in a board meeting <clears throat> at church, or online, connecting with spirit and one another can make a difference. When we are in community, and this doesn't have to be a faith community, though I am very partial to them. We are healthier in nearly every way. So what happens with Mary and Elizabeth in Luke? 
We are told that after Elizabeth conceived, she remained in seclusion for five months with Zechariah, her husband, who was nonverbal after his encounter with a holy messenger for God, from God, Gabriel. Ooh. And Mary, her relative, travels alone, we think, a significant distance, maybe 80 miles from Nazareth to the hill country, after she learns that she also is pregnant. These are two women whose markers for health just went down about five points. They were likely very low due to social isolation because of the expectations of the society around them. Seclusion, chosen or imposed, these are not good for them or for us. And yet in the midst of their weariness, their loneliness, they are buoyed up by words of hope from a message from Gabriel, peace, good news, don't be afraid. You are going to be a part of something greater than yourselves. And while they are isolated, they find hope in the promises of God, in the reality that they will participate in divine goodness. I've been connecting in these recent weeks with a friend and colleague to do sermon planning this season. She is very dear to me and has been a friend for more than 20 years. She's single, and having children has not been a part of her journey. And as we spoke about this passage, she, in her wonderful and matter-of-fact way, said something along these lines. I think that one of the things I'm meant to share in this sermon and perhaps in this world is that we all have different experiences. She put it so simply, this very profound truth, we all have different experiences. Not every woman is meant to bear children nor wants to. And yet, so often the stinging question comes to the woman who does not choose to have children or is not able to. So when are you going to? Or the presumption that so often is bandied about that you will feel more complete in your life if your experience is like mine. This is a side note in the sermon, but a worthy one, I think. We all have different experiences, and this should not be something that brings us shame or isolation. The different experiences that Mary and Elizabeth had were pregnancy in older age and pregnancy in younger age or pregnancy without marriage. That reality in their time, no doubt, led to isolation. Until... And here's the cliffhanger, the hinge in the story that is so important. Mary and Elizabeth find themselves together in the journey. And this makes a difference for them. Mary comes to Elizabeth, and the story tells us that they felt a deep joy in their connection. So deep that they felt a leaping within their wombs. The overcoming of isolation the shared, though not the same, experience, the absolute wonder of their journeys. This was important enough for Luke to write down in his orderly account of the events fulfilled among us. 
So as we think on our Advent theme, friends, how does a weary world rejoice? We can acknowledge that even in the midst of struggle, we can find joy in connection. Even when there are societal pressures that say, isolate yourself. Even when the world seems to be going somewhere in a handbasket with leaders intent on war, even when politics have us weary or scared or wondering if there is hope for our democracy, even when, and you can fill in the blank with that thing that has been gnawing at you and making you so very weary these days, even then, we can find joy in our connection with God and with one another. Mary and Elizabeth found joy in their connection. So can we. Every now and then, as I'm preparing for for a sermon, I find one of those perfect, perfect poems that makes me cry on the second line. So I'm giving you that little warning right now. Um, And today, it was a poem uh, by Mary Oliver. If you suddenly and unexpectedly feel joy, don't hesitate. Give in to it. There are plenty of lives and whole towns destroyed or about to be. We are not wise and not very often kind. And much can never be redeemed. Still, Life has some possibility left. Perhaps this is its way of fighting back, that sometimes something happens better than all the riches or power in the world. It could be anything, but very likely you notice it in the instant when love begins. Anyway, that's often the case. Anyway, Whatever it is, don't be afraid of its plenty. Joy is not made to be a crumb. If there were ever a sermon that I wanted to preach to you today condensed into about 12 lines, that would be it. I hope you can take that as the gift of peace, as the gift of joy, as the the gift of connection this day. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon podcast. If you would like more information about FCC Norwood, check out our website, fccnorwood.org, or like us on Facebook. All are welcome to worship in person or via live stream on Sunday mornings. Worship rebroadcasts will be available the following day and sermon podcasts on Tuesday. Thanks again for listening.